0: It's just us gals. Fun, fun, fun. We can run a muck. Alrighty. Let's let me get myself organized here. So I've got an actual Bible with me today. Alright, so can we just pray? Is that alright? Alrighty. Heavenly Father. I just want to thank you for your presence, Lord God. Holy Spirit, this is your platform today. And I ask that you would help me to speak clearly and plainly and bring your name glory. And just ask, Holy Spirit, that you would have your way. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. Really bad eating lunch before you have to speak. Okay. So, um... Wind and fire. We've heard lots already about fire and wind in this conference. Um, What I want to talk to you about today is um, that song that we've been singing, Another in the Fire. Um, I've just had it like going round and round in my head for like two weeks and um, I've been listening to, um, has anyone watched Amanda Cook's version? Yeah. We're going to listen to it. Um, later but um, she just she's an amazing worship leader from Bethel and she just takes it to a whole other level, that girl. So I wanted to talk to you today about Another in the Fire. Um, this song um, which was written by Joel Houston from Hillsong United and um, a guy named Chris Davenport, um, when they wrote this song they were both going through their own stuff as we do um, Chris actually came up with a concept for this song um, and his son actually was just diagnosed with autism just before he wrote this song. Um, and the message that they wanted to really get out in this song is that we are not alone. It doesn't matter what season we go through. Um, and when I thought about what I was going to say today... Um, and I'm not a preacher by any means, but I just felt like what I meant to tell you today is that you are not alone. You're never alone. You've never been alone. You never will be alone. I really feel like God wants to encourage your heart today, that you are not alone. So this song, um, another in the fire comes from the book of Daniel and it, um, goes back to the story of um, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Um, so we're just going to read a little bit of that. So basically what happened, in, um, there, was, there was Daniel and then there was Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and that's, that was their Babylonian names. That was not their Israelite names. Um, they, the Israelites had been ta- taken captive by Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar um, had trained these four guys up um, to be um, to work in the palace, basically. So they he wanted fit, healthy, attractive, you know, wise men, young men, um, and um, you've probably heard Ross t- preaching before about you know they they like the Daniel diet, you know, the diet of, of vegetables and things. So they went through all this process of of training, and they worked in the in the um, palace courts, and um, King Nebuchadnezzar, he set up this, he made up this gold statue um, which was 90 feet tall and uh, 9 feet wide. It was yeah, made of gold and set it up on the, in the plains in Babylon and what he wanted everyone to do is whenever the musical instruments get played, everybody has to bow down and worship this statue of gold. Um, so, you know, they played the musical instruments But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would not bow down to the statue of gold. So I'm just going to start reading, maybe from. It's a long chapter. So, you know, like the astrologers, they went to the king and they said, look, these guys are not going to bow down and worship you like you said. And you made a law that said anybody who does not bow down and worship this statue of gold must be thrown in the furnace. Okay, so then it says in verse 13, this is Daniel chapter 3, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in... Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. And then what god will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. We do not need to defend ourselves to you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. Your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them in the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. That's one hot furnace. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisers, didn't we tie up three men and throw them in the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Well, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men, unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed and the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, the officials, the governors and advisers crowded around them and saw that the fire had not even touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed and their clothing was not even scorched and they didn't even smell of smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore I make this decree, if any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb and their houses will be burned in heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. It's a pretty cool story, huh? So... The purpose of this fire that King Nebuchadnezzar created was to completely obliterate anything that went in it. It was an incinerator, it was a furnace. Its purpose was completely to destroy. He sent the three men into the fire with the intention to destroy them for not worshipping the statue of gold. In the same way our enemy, Satan, has the same intention. He'll use our sin, our shame, our past, our hurt, our weakness, whatever it is, wrong beliefs in our lives, as fuel to stoke a furnace with the intention to destroy our lives because of our faith in Jesus Christ. And not just our lives, but anyone else he can destroy along with us. You know, and there's an example of that when it talks about the flames were so hot in that furnace that it destroyed the three soldiers who tried to put them into the furnace. You know, the enemy, he'll take out whoever he can. Um, Fire can do two things. It will either consume and destroy everything in its path or it can refine. It's always God's purpose to refine us, never to destroy us. His fire is a refining fire. And I want to talk today about the refiner's fire. So today I just want to just be real with you guys and just completely honest and just speak some truth to us here today. God is a holy God and his desire is for us to be holy too. You know, if we love Jesus and Jesus lives inside of us, God desires us to be holy. So sometimes that means in our lives that we have to get rid of some baggage. Um, we have to get rid of some junk that we've accumulated along the way. Um, in order for him to make us who he wants us to be. We'll go through many trials in our lives. You know, the, that's no shouldn't be a surprise to us because the Bible tells us that in this world we will have many troubles. But to take heart because God has overcome the world. Amen? Now... We've called this conference Empower and we can come to these sessions and be empowered in a moment, you know, in the suddenlies, but my experience is that our greatest empowerment sometimes comes when we are refined by fire. and. That's very often, most often, not a suddenly. Um, you know, we we're in our lives as Christians. We are constantly being worked. You know, the Bible talks about God is the Potter and we are the clay. We're constantly being worked into His image. Um, but sometimes we do have to go through a testing of fire in order to, for God to empower us to be who he wants us to be um in Zechariah 13 verse 9 it says God's talking about the Israelites here and he says I will put this third third into the fire and refine them as one refined silver and test them as gold is tested they will call upon my name and I will answer them I will say they are my people and they will say the Lord is my God Proverbs verse seventeen, verse three says, "The crucible is for silver, and the furnace is for gold, and the Lord tests hearts." So we know that there's going to be times in our lives where it may not even be our own sin; it could just be, you know, things that have happened to us in our lives that we have absolutely no control over, but we still carry along with us hurt and shame, um, and disappointment and unforgiveness. And God wants to clean all that out. You know, Pete was talking, I think it was Pete, was talking about, you know, um, like the, the fuel for your fire, you know. All that stuff, God wants to burn up. It's never his purpose. It's never his purpose to destroy us, ever. That's the enemy's purpose. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but God's purpose is always to restore and to refine and to make us new. Amen. Um, Job 23, poor old Job. Everyone knows about Job, don't we? Job 23, verse 10 and 11, it says, But he knows where I'm going, and when he tests me, I will come out as pure gold. I love that. God, let us come out as pure gold. Peter 1, oh, sorry, Peter 1. 1 Peter 1, verse 6 and 7. I did this at like. <laughs> last night so I've like missed a bit so be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while these trials will show that your faith is genuine it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold though your faith is far more precious than mere gold So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honour on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So we can see here that God's purpose purpose is to show the worth and the weight of our faith through these testings. He wants to reveal his glory in us, just as he did with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Um, About... Six-ish years ago now, um, I went through this refiner's fire um, and it was not a nice time. It was very painful. Um, I didn't really realise at the time what was happening. Often we we have good hindsight but basically um, I had become very familiar with the things of God and I... Um, had some undealt, undealt with sin that I had grown up with, um, that I had conveniently pretended wasn't there. Um, I was very undisciplined in my thought life. I have God has given me a very visual imagination, and. My, you know, I had grown up as a child with a very strong spirit of fear over my life. I had nightmares from the time I was about three years old, I think I can, is the earliest I can remember. A lot of nightmares about witches, skeletons, you know, horrible things. Um, You know, so from very early on, the enemy was intent on making me a very fearful person. And um, I kind of came to the end of a year... And I was feeling very worn out, just through different circumstances. Um, and there was a situation that happened, and the enemy just began to torment me in my mind. Um, he, yeah, I, I didn't really know. I just felt completely blindsided. Um, I had not seen it coming, and I was just crying out to God. I, I, you know, I, I knew that I had sin there, so I dealt with that. You know, we deal with the sin. But the torment remained. And I asked God, I'm like, what is going on? And he just showed me that I was about to go through a testing of fire. I didn't really know why. But I knew that I had issues that needed to be dealt with. Is it okay that I'm being dishonest? Um, So I say that to tell you that i felt like there may be people in this room who you've had some fires burning in your life um and you've actually tried to put them out yourself you've put, you've tried to put them out i saw you you're like there was little spot fires all around you and you're trying to stomp on them and the more you tried to stomp them out the more fires started and um I just wanted to say that fire is not always a bad thing, you know. You know the old saying, play with don't play with fire, you'll get burnt. Fire hurts. You know, if we touch it, we get burnt. And so we have this perception that fire is bad, but fire is not always bad. This fire that I'm talking about, this refiner's fire, the fire of God is is not a bad thing. And it hurts to go through trials and, um, and struggles. But God's purpose for us is always far bigger than what the enemy would try and destroy us with. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Um, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, God will use it if you let him. If you surrender to that process of being refined, he will use it to bring you out the other side. And I want to share with you... This is pretty cool. Um, I looked up actually how gold is refined. There's two methods for refining gold. One is by chemicals, like they melt away all the impurities. The other one is obviously melting gold and it's still used today. Did you know that Australian gold melts at a temperature of 1,064 degrees Celsius? Can you even imagine how hot that is? a thousand and sixty four degrees so if you think about that in terms of how how it you know like you know how it feels if you're going through the fire it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be a refiner's fire if you're going through a test of any time you know how it feels to be to feel that fire and Refining with flame is one of the oldest methods of refining metals. Mentioned even in the Bible, refining by fire is the preferable method for larger quantities of gold. In ancient times, this form of refining involved a craftsman sitting next to a hot fire with molten gold, which is melted gold, so gold at 1,000 degrees Celsius, in a crucible, being stirred and skimmed to remove the impurities or the dross that rose to the top of the melted gold. Uh, with flames reaching temperatures of excess of a thousand degrees Celsius, this job was an extremely dangerous occupation for the gold refiner. That this tradition today remains largely untouched, with the exception of a few um, advances in safety and precision. So it talks about there about how they have to put the gold in a crucible. And what a crucible is, is a ceramic or a metal container in which metals or other substances can be melted without the container melting itself. Because you imagine you've got gold at a thousand degrees, you've got to have something that that gold can sit in that it's not going to melt, right? The other meaning of the word crucible, which is pretty cool, is a situation of severe trial or in which different elements interact, leading to the creation of something new. How cool is that? So this test that, that God uh, puts us through, which the enemy might have sent to destroy us, becomes the thing that makes us new. How cool is that? So... Um, now there is a reason why we go through a refiner's fire, this refining fire that Jesus puts us through. And when I was going through my own <clears throat> fire, um, God gave me this scripture, because I didn't really understand, you know, why I was going through what I was, but He gave me Matthew 9:17, and it's the story of the um wineskins, and it says No one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is restored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. And what he was telling me was that, Emma, I've got something for you. I've got an anointing for you. I've got a mantle for you. I've got something for you to carry that I want you to have, but I can't give it to you in the state that you're in. Because if I do give it to you in this old wineskin that you're in. The wine that I give you, this, this gift that I want to give you, is going to be destroyed. But I would also be destroyed along with it. So God's purpose is always to refine and to restore and to make new. The enemy's purpose is to destroy. And so it was from that point on when, okay, God, surrender I'm willing to go through this no matter how long it takes no matter what I have to do because I know that there's more and I don't want to give up I don't want to be the same person praise Jesus if we want to be empowered to live for Jesus and to be an example of love to the world we can't stay the same I can never go back to the way I was. It's not even an option. I don't want to be who I was. And the enemy tries. He'll try and remind you. And I'm just like, not today, Satan. (laughs) You know? We can't stay the same. Don't leave this place the same when you walked in. Let God do what he needs to do in you. We don't know how long we've got. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. I'm not trying to tell you these things to make you afraid or, you know, scared. You can take heart in the fact that God is always with you and he has plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. But there is going to be a testing at some time, maybe more than one. But I know that God has made me into something far more valuable than I ever could have imagined for myself. And... I know that he has taken those impurities out of me. And because of that, because he's because he has made me into something new, it's impossible I cannot go back and be the person that I was. I just can't, you know? And that's how you know when you've been through the fire, you there's you can't go back. You wouldn't want to. You'd never want to go back. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were not alone in the fire. God was there with them. It's God's promise to us that he's always with us whether we're in the fire or not. He was there. He was just as much with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego outside of the fire than he was when they were in the fire. His presence is the same wherever we go. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Matthew 28.20 says, uh, Behold, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. We can trust in God's word that he is with us all the time. Romans eight thirty eight thirty nine 39 says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. When our faith is tested with fire, we can be assured that God is with us and will lead us out of the crucible, a new creation, A new wineskin, ready and equipped for all that God has prepared for you. What the enemy meant to destroy you, God will use to renew and restore you. So I want to tell you today, basically, that your greatest empowerment very well might just lie in the fire, in the refiner's fire. Short but sweet. But what I want to do is, because I love this song so much, um, we've, I've got Amanda Cook singing this song and she has this beautiful time of worship at the end. So, And worship's like my favourite thing. So basically I want us just to have, it's just us girls, you know, and it's nice and safe here. I just wanted us to have a little time where we can just listen to the words of this song and just let it mull over in our hearts. You know, really get into your spirit that God is with you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of the fire. He's with you in the fire. He's with you out of the fire. He will lead you out of the fire and you will be brand spanking new you will be a beautiful, beautiful, refined piece of gold that will never go back to be filling with those impurities that you had before. And the other thing was is that, I don't know, I kind of felt like maybe at least one person might have come here today. Um, Like I said before, you... You've either been trying to put out fires in your life and you're getting really tired and the more that you try and put these fires out, the more that they're starting up and you just feel like it's getting out of control and you don't know what to do about it. Or you've come here today and you're so exhausted from fighting in this fire. You're, you know, you're tired from being refined. You might not have even known that you were being refined. Um, And you might have come along to conference not even daring to expect anything really, actually. You might just be really disheartened and disappointed. You just really don't feel like you know what's going on. And that's why I wanted to tell you today that you're not alone. You've always got God with you. And you know... I've heard people say that there's times in their lives where they they don't feel God with them. They, They can't hear God's voice. They can't see God. When I was going through that fire, that was not my experience. I might have had to look for him a little harder, but God's always speaking to us. And if it's not directly, it'll be through somebody else. Um, a few months ago, um, the church communities or the Harvey Bay community actually, we lost um, a lady and her four children in a horrible car accident. And I had known this woman for 20 years and um, it was really horrible, a horrible time. And for a few days there, I, I was trying to find God. I couldn't feel God Um, I couldn't really find him in his word. I didn't feel like worshipping, you know. It was just very – I felt a little silent. I knew he was there. I knew he was there but I couldn't hear him. And God, amazingly enough, sent along like two or three girls who I have not seen since high school and don't even go to church anymore – um, and they just kept texting me, "Em, I'm thinking of you. You know, I want to encourage you. You can get through this. I know how strong you are." And it was—I knew God was speaking to me, but it just wasn't in the way that I thought. And God, all is always speaking. He's always speaking, and you don't ever have to feel alone. You—it would be—it's—it's it's actually quite amazing the places that and the avenues that God will speak to you in where you aren't expecting, it's really cool. So having said that, refiner's fire, it's a good fire. It's a good fire, it's a hard fire to go through but it's where the rubber meets the road, it's where our faith is tested and you can make it out the other side. (laughs)